Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. That is the uh, very tranquil opening strains of the movie that we have come together to celebrate today on Filmically Perfect here on 91.3 WYSO. And that movie is just in time for Fright Month, uh, Carrie, right here on 91.3. And it is my great pleasure to welcome, as usual, into the studio, J. Todd Anderson. By the way, thanks for being here live and in person. It's always my pleasure, Nikki Dakota. J. Todd Anderson, storyboard honors to the Coen Brothers for the last... No, I, I said the wrong number last time. It's pushing 21 years. Pushing yes. 21 years <laughs> and counting. And uh, friend to all the big stars, and thanks so much for being here today. Also online uh, via the telephone from Culpeper, the, uh, Culpeper, Virginia, the home of the Library of Congress, it is our very own George Willem. And George, thanks for being here as well. Plug it up, plug it up. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I forgot about how creepy this movie is. It That's is why we picked it. Creepy. It's perfectly disturbing. <laughs> Give you that. Oh my heavens! It's just like first of all a trip down memory lane of all the uh, sort of, of all 70s the kids that beat actors. you up and <laughs> smacked you around in gym class. And <laughs> Boy, I wish we could have had a prom like that at our high oh school. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing how that little bucket of blood just goes all over that room. <laughs> yeah, it did, didn't it? And quite a splatter factor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're talking about Carrie today on Filmically Perfect, and this film has been chosen not by some you know reading of the tea leaves or uh, with a divining rod. This is all about very stringent and, uh, and, and uh, hard-chiseled into stone rules and gentlemen those rules are those perfect movie rules are Carrie creates the world it exists in and it totally sustains that world and regardless of changes in society Carrie retains its meaning and entertainment value and unlike all those other Weasley film lists this one uh, each film stands on its own uh, value no comparisons no numerical uh, list or anything like that you can't rate Carrie as a numerical one better than another film. It's just this. I'm not a big Brian De Palma fan. I never have been, but I will say that this film definitely stands on its feet. What, by the way, are his other films? I have to say, I'm not familiar with this director. Um, well, some of his major ones are uh, like Body Double and Blowout. Hmm. Um, did he do Sisters? Did he do that? He George? did Sisters. Sisters yeah. is a pretty good one. That's a pretty Obsession. weird movie, you know. He starts out really good. I mean, he does yeah. Sisters, and he does Fam of the Paradise, which is really bizarre, and uh, Obsession, which is really uh, a really good film. He's one of the and Golden Boys, with Spielberg and Lucas, and one of that team right. that came out in Coppola. He's one of that team that was going to just take this world and just shake it upside down until all the quarters fall out of it. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those boys. This film is based on a um, another sort of at least uh, almost golden boy, at least bloody boy of American literature, a Stephen King's novel of the same name. That's right, and that's one of the reasons this movie um, has a lot of impact because this is the introduction of Stephen King into our culture. Was this his first novel? Right. This was his first major sold novel. And he, he received like $250,000, something like that, in 1974, although we're not about money on this show, but it just shows <laughs> you that 
this guy was a talent right out of the box. And, and somebody um, recognized him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he had a lot to offer. And this book um, was immediately uh, turned into a movie. Um, and, and Brian De Palma was one of the guys that wanted to see this movie turned into uh, this book turned into a movie. Um, and this is all of a sudden Stephen King is with us, uh, uh, and, and, and this new style of of his writing is is very very apparent in all the movies that have been adopted. Uh, he just kind of really affected our culture, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'll say. I'm, if, I read a lot of his books as growing up, but I never read Carrie, and I never saw the movie until I watched it in preparation for this show. And man, what a creep out, George! If you would be so kind as to without creep us out, George. Without, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and creep us out. Tell us how um, it actually begins quite uh, almost innocently. Well, yeah, it's very deceptive, and, and the way it's directed is, you know, it, it starts out as sort of a story about teenage troubles. And actually, that's mainly what it's about with this sort of psychotic twist in it. Uh, the story is basically about a young girl named Carrie White, uh, uh, you know, a high schooler. And uh, at the beginning of the film, it's you see that she's not very good at sports. She's... She's obviously somewhat derided by her by her classmates. Carrie is played by Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek, who's beautiful first, in this. She's yeah, one just of her first shocking. major major roles. Yeah. Um, and and in the shower at the beginning of the film, she actually uh, has her first first period. Not first period like in school, but Men, like she means menstruating. Thing, you know? That's uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can say that. I... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll let you take some areas of the show today, yeah. Nikki. You just grab that till and you go, okay? And she becomes We're totally not freaked. going there. She becomes totally freaked out by it because her mother has never told her about this. Well, you know, she, again, is, is horribly derided by her classmates. They throw uh, feminine hygiene products at her and leave her in the shower. Chase her into the shower and throw these at her. It's really, right. really cruel. And they leave her for her... Um, her coach, Coach Collins, played by Betty Buckley, to come and rescue her. And, of course, at first the coach is, is kind of upset with her. You know, she can't believe that this girl doesn't know what's going on. But then she finds out the truth and is just horrified by it. So they let, they let Carrie go home that day, and you find out that her mother is this, this kind of twisted, become kind of a twisted religious She's a fanatic. church lady. Sort of developing crazy, crazy, own, crazy church lady. She has kind of developed her own theology based on the fact that her own life has fallen apart. And it has to do with men and the, and the men. father men. running out. And yeah. so then she has a real, there's a real sort of stigma that she puts on her own daughter about, right. about men. And, mm-hmm. Well, and it's a, at about this time that Carrie at first un, unknowingly begins to realize that she has a, a special gift. She has sort of the gift of telekinesis where... She can move things, but the way she spelled out it, very clearly, it only in happens in moments of of anguish and, or, and or rage. Or rage, yeah. She and she, a little, you know. Occasionally, she channels psycho with noise. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. In a bit. <laughs> but um, she she goes to the library and she begins to study this, and she begins to work on this power that she has and learns to control it. Well, in the meantime, the girls who were mean to her all get punished by the coach for, for what they've done. And the two main girls who are, are, are in this besides, besides this is basic are uh, Nancy Allen and um, Amy Irving in her first role. And Which Amy is Irving Steven is the really Spielberg's nice, first nice girl. Wife. And Nancy Allen is the really bad, evil girl. Boy, she's and, great uh, too, man. Na- and Nancy Allen, of course, she gets, 
gets to the point where she is no longer, you know, she's got three days out of school and she's going to not be able to go to the prom. So she decides to fix fix the prom, rig the prom, and and get back at Carrie. Who she blames for not being able to go because she was cruel. When she brought that on herself, I think we can all say. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, Amy Irving, who is going around with, like, the, the head jock at the school, Tommy, who's played by William Cat, with the, the world's biggest blonde afro. I mean, yeah. I don't know how he could sleep at night. with that. He was the 70s <laughs> go-to guy for high school movies. He played, isn't this the guy who did uh, Greatest American Hero? Yeah, he was He was yes. hot there in the 70s. Yep. And I guess he tried out for Luke Skywalker, but didn't get it. But, nah, uh, a lot yeah. of guys tried out for Luke Skywalker. They're still <laughs> trying out for Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Amy Irving's character, uh, Sue, who was is, who is feeling very, very remorseful at what they, you know, how they treated Carrie, asks her boyfriend, who of course is the most popular guy in school, to take Carrie to the prom. And this is where uh, Nancy Allen's character gets the idea to do something evil to her at the prom. The idea being they're going to rig the prom election so that Carrie is elected queen. Now in the meantime, uh, Nancy Allen has gotten her boyfriend, who's played by this little-known actor of, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, what is that? He's a oh, sweat uh, John Travolta, that's it. John Travolta. Uh, who plays, like, the world's biggest mook, uh, <laughs> who uh, yes, gets him truly is. go to a butcher, uh, go to a uh, slaughterhouse, and they kill a pig and drain its blood into a big can. And I might say that slaughterhouse is one of the prettiest decorated slaughterhouses mm, I've ever seen. I don't know where they found that. Where did they get the charming decor for that place? Yeah. <laughs> and he kills it in a most brutal way. But anyway, move on. Yeah, just awful, nasty, and, evil uh, well, thoughts. And, you know, it's interesting because Travolta and, and Alan's relationship is quite amazing. They are just brutal. Oh, they're great. They're great, other. man. They're fantastic. Yeah, the only time she responds is after he hits her. <laughs> That's actually the only time she responds to anybody in the movies after after she gets slapped. I was marveling the gym teacher who comes to Carrie's aid. Uh, not only did she hit the girl, she also said she's going to knock uses, her down. Uses profanity and uh, is smoking in the office with the principal. With the principal who can't remember Carrie's name. Don't we miss the seventies? Oh, we do, man. Hey, listen. Before we get, I think we have a little bit of audio from uh, the mother talking to Carrie when she arrived home from school on that uh, first well, day. This is, a, this is a little later, actually. If okay. you want to play it now, this uh, let me let me jump up to that point okay. before you play it. Um, so basically, uh, Carrie does finally. They finally get Carrie she, to go to the um, go to the prom, and she tells her mother at dinner one night that she's going to go to the prom, and mother says no. Well, Carrie has kind of worked on her powers. And now, if you play the piece here, this is where Carrie stands up for herself, begins to stand up for herself and tell her mother that things are going to change. Under your closet. No. After all you've been taught, everyone in bad mama, everything in the sin. Come to your closet and pray. Ask to be forgiven. He's a nice boy, Mom. You like him. You really like him, Mama. Boys. <laughs> the boys. The boys, yes, the boys. After the blood comes the boys, like sniffing dogs, running and slobbering and trying to find out where that smell comes from, where the smell is, that smell. Listen, I know where they take you, that gosh, I see it all right. Well, you're not going. Already said I would. Tell that boy you're not going or we're going to move from here. No. You'll move from here and you'll never see that boy again. Rain's coming in. Mama, please, sit, talk to me. Mama, I'll get him. Please, sit, talk to me. 
change around here. Which, of course, is one of the greatest sets, setups in the history of film for I Told You So. <laughs> the mother's I, I Told You So. And as you will notice there, the one of the many tributes to Albert Hitchcock in this film, whenever many Carrie tributes. turns on her power, you get the strings from Psycho. Yeah, Bernard Herrmann just magically appears audio, through audio. Uh, That's right. Now, does this guy make it clear? Does he even make it sort of common knowledge that he has given many, many now, nods this is my problem Psycho. with Brian De Palma. He'll sit there and talk about how he stylishly designs films, and he does. But not once does he say how often he channels Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> whenever he needs him. Like, you can just see him making this movie. Oh, Alfred, tell me what to do. <laughs> it's so prevalent through this picture. I mean, there's just so many dead lists. Once in a while, he'll take Hitchcock concepts and very stylishly execute them, like the end of this movie, which is really fabulous. Yeah, Right. But and that, I, well, the, yeah, the prom scene, especially. He, gets, he, he tends to con contaminate just about everything he does with... I mean, if you look at the house in this picture, look at it. Just freeze it, because you can do that nowadays. Oh, gee, there's a real similarity to the Psycho House. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a one-story version of the Psycho House. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, Hitchcock for juniors, you know. It's <laughs> the Hitchcock primer for directors, you know. He, he probably, you know, he probably so he watched Strangers on a Train. He doesn't acknowledge it. That's kind of disappointing. Well, I don't know. He You'd probably like does, but do I that. haven't heard it. Um, right, he has in the past, but at least if you watch the documentary on the DVD, he does not. Wow, we're talking about Carrie on Filmically Perfect. This is Brian, Brian De Palma, the director. Yeah. On Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. Carrie, the movie, uh, Carrie and Scary, no no coincidence that that rhymes, I'll tell you what. Um, the the cast of characters, by the way, I just had to point out that there's, uh, the, the gym coach is the mother from Eight is Enough. The, the, the boy is the guy from Greatest American Hero. One of the girls is the secretary from Ferris Bueller. Do you, yeah, you recognize look real closely, her? Yes, Edie McClurg is one of the girls. I love that. But I do believe there's one close-up in there. Of, I believe it's Eve Plum with her lips pursed, ready to say, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> when the gym teacher's beating, you know, turning these girls into sausage with calisthenics, you know, and <laughs> and then they cut to her, and I froze it. I thought, yeah, that looks like her. And she has that Marsha, Marsha, Marsha look on her face. You know, the, the look of this movie, Jay Todd, is is notable. It has a very, I mean, you know what's funny? I expected, because it was made in the 70s, I guess, I don't know why, but I expected the cheesiness. I expected the cheesiness, and it wasn't there. This was actually really uh, visually well done. This thing it just has so many disturbing turns in it visually and you know, through the music they have like four or five different kinds of sound beds that they use in this picture but again we we should always remember you know great uh, brian palm is a really good director and we got to remember that one of the things that keeps this thing crashing through the plate glass all the time is that it's stephen king it's coming out of his head this is something kind of unusual uh for writing yeah you know, this this movie because it's so very disturbing don't you think george i mean out of nowhere it just breaks in all these different directions and then then we have at the end we have like this silent movie of of george will explain the the surprise verse suspense concept here in a minute <laughs> and then at the end we have an opera and she's burning down the town like the robot in the, the day the earth stood still. Something that he could have done that we did not see. Uh, it's very much her standing there. Like, don't you think George like that robot in the day the earth stood well, yeah, still? And she's she just she's ripping just this town to pieces. Through and just burn, burning and pillaging and blowing up. Cars nobody gets away. Know, nobody. Her brain. This is a woman scorned, man. And nobody gets away. That's right. 
hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. This is like the perfect ad- <laughs> adaptation of that saying. And then her, ma- her mom the makes the mistake of tangling with her over it at the end. <laughs> you know, when she says, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the big, the big denouement of the film, basically, the, the, the bad couple, the, you know, um, uh, Nancy Allen and, and Travolta, go into the gymnasium one night, and they've taken this blood from the pig. They fill a bucket, which, which if you notice later on, I mean, when, when they first put it up there, it looks normal. But later on in the scene, we see it, it's decorated like the rest of the prom. <laughs> it's a little star on it. Star on. <laughs> so At Bates High School. Bates High School. To, to dump over when a rope is pulled on it. And so, so this is where the Hitchcock surprise versus suspense comes in, because De Palma shows you this is what they're going to do, and there it is. And then the prom starts. So the whole thing of the prom, and, 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 and they go out of their way to make the prom incredibly nice for Carrie. You know, and, you know that, that Tommy has taken her, and at first he's kind of doing it as a favor, but you kind of get the, get the feeling that he really actually ends up enjoying going with her, and he likes her. Yeah, he's starting to get, yeah, you know, he's one starting of those... to get you know, happy that, that they went on this thing, and they're having a great time. And then they get elected king and queen, you know, falsely. Schmaltzy music. Because they stacked And all this time... Schmaltzy music. You yeah. know, De Palma keeps going back to this bucket. Yes. Schmaltzy and the music. rope. Schmaltzy music. You know, and, and yeah, and the schmaltzy music. And then, you know, Amy Irving has kind of snuck in to watch what is going to happen. Just this, And this is sort of her own, you know, for her own, uh, her own soul enlightening, I guess. And that's where she kind of notices the rope. And so we have this cutting back and forth between... You know, the couple on the stage, the bucket above them, and the rope, and Amy Irving watching the rope, you know trying to figure happen. out what's going on. And it just builds and builds. And it Forever. Is even, and it's in slow motion, isn't it? Forever. Well, yeah. it's in slow motion once the bucket drops, but, but he plays with the sound. You know, he takes parts of the sound out, and he, and he just kind of like keeps building movie. it and building it and building it. And then, yeah, the bucket falls in slow motion, and the sound of the blood hitting just goes on and on and on and on and on. And then slow motion with the clapping just goes on and on. Oh, and the whole on. scene. How long? How many minutes is that of, of straight slow motion? I don't know. It's like five Brian, or six the Palma is standing at the side of the scene. He's an old man. That's how long it goes on. Yeah. <laughs> it really does go on a long time. Not that it's bad. But the result, I mean, the, the, the result of all this, you know, is that the seeds that her mother has planted in her mind spring forth and in her in her mind's eye she sees everyone laughing at her including miss collins uh who isn't i mean who's not laughing at her but but it just sends her off her her telekinesis goes completely haywire and she basically blows up the entire gymnasium it bursts into flame people she does this great thing with her eyes too her eyes are bugging out of her head Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever seen anything like that i have dated a few girls like that (laughs) that have had that kind of temper but i don't believe i've ever seen that in movies you know quite what she did in that in that scene it's like night and day she's so beautiful and innocent looking in many many of the scenes and then this just almost just demonic look comes over her as she begins to bust up the joint well, she she heads home and and here comes you know Nancy, the triumphant Nancy Allen and John Travolta, they 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 have seen what she's done, and they try to run her down in the middle of the road, but she turns on them and flips their car and Just blows looking. them up. Yeah, about fifteen times. This goes over and over and over and over and over and over. And, over. Um, and they they're just wiped out. And she goes on this uh, this scorched earth policy until the end of the movie. And um, well, she gets home. 
you know, she gets home and, and she just kind of takes a bath. <laughs> and you expect you something get all to that happen. Blood again, off. again, it's the, it's the suspense thing. It's the suspense thing. You know, she's in the bath, and the way it's shot, you're expecting something to happen. And where's because, her mom? Her again, mom's it's not been there. revealed that her mother is up there in the attic waiting for her <laughs> with a very large knife standing behind the door. Of course. But nothing happened. Uh, there's a there's a little similarity to Psycho in here with her waving that knife back and forth. And with yep. the, yeah, and with the sounds with the ree ree. I mean, really, there's a lot. There's clearly an homage here, I would say. But she, uh, you know, the mother finally confronts Carrie <clears throat> and and stabs her in the back. Enough. Well, she's being held. Like she, right. All she wants is her mother to hold her, hold her and, and she, she finally back, does. Which is, boy, <laughs> you could write volumes on that one. Oh, and uh, and then Carrie basically takes care of mom, and it's very interesting because. <clears throat> She, uh, she basically pins her mom to the wall with all these different kitchen utensils, knives, and whatnot. Flying through the air, telekinesis style. And, and by the end of it, she's, you know, she's prone against the, these, the wall. And earlier in the film, you've seen this little closet where, where mom locks Carrie up so that she can pray. And in the closet, there is a crucifix. But the crucifix, one, has arrows stuck through it like St. Sebastian. And two, it has this fuzzy mop of hair that looks a lot like mom. Yeah. And at the end, when you finally see mother all pinned up against the wall, she's in exactly the same position (sighs) as the statue. It's so creepy. So there's that sort of that sort of Hitchcock. And then one of the nice ending is is where they show the suburban home and the girl dreams, and then she's dreaming and, and. that was actually Sissy Spacex sticking her arm up through the sand in that scene. Isn't that correct? She didn't get an arm correct. double? Yeah. They, she wanted to do it. She was there for an extra day, and she's probably around the set a lot because her husband, Jack Fisk, is one of the art directors. Who did are they a nice still married? I believe they are still married. Uh-huh. Yes. And Sissy Spacek is all 26 years old, exercising the age-old trick of a 26-year-old playing an 18-year-old high school student. And she does a really old. good job. Very convincing. Yeah. She's one of those lucky people who looks young even when she's She still looks great. In fact, if you look at her, you think, that nose looks familiar. And then you start seeing Michael Jackson's new nose. And (laughs) you wonder if there's any any Uh kind of connection there. Maybe he watched Carrie over and over and over again. (laughs) I want a nose like that. Beautiful button nose, but a nice looking one. Yeah, I thought uh, that really the performances were exceptional. And uh, particularly the mother. Although, you know, really, I think everyone did a great job. Piper Laurie is is my new favorite actress. I remember when I saw this in high school, I thought, man, she looks... She looks old, but now she looks she looks pretty darn good now. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's interesting. Uh, from what I understand, Piper Laurie was in uh, The Hustler. I believe she plays Paul yeah, Newman's husband. She was great husband. in the movie. Fantastic. Paul Newman's husband, yeah. Paul Newman's wife, excuse me. And uh, and then she was not in another <laughs> film until Carrie. Why? I mean, was that by choice? I, I don't because know. I don't she's know if so she went good. More for stage or television, probably. You know, it's just you know, it's, it's it's a combination of great acting, great story, and some good directing, and some marvelous lighting. It's a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting. We should we should mention again. We, we've talked a little bit about it about the the Hitchcock homages throughout the film. Oh, um, yeah. One of the most blatant ones is the high school the kids go to is the Bates, Bates high, high School. Now that's so obvious. You, you can't pretend like that's not. We don't hear Brian De Palma saying, well, actually the production designer mentions it. You know, it's Bates High School. <laughs> well, if he does, you know what, even I guess if he doesn't uh, doesn't admit to it himself, it's so clear to people that have watched it. And I guess, you know, it's kind of like a, a compliment, isn't it? The, it's homage. Yeah. It's homage. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is, but, you know, the depends on it. Well, this, this is sort of the game he kind of plays for many years throughout his career. It I mean, wears me out. As, this as is the only one I like. You know, like Blowout yeah. and yeah. and Body Double and some of his other films. There's like Hitchcock moments. They're very obvious 
homages. Well, well I, obsession. I, I, obsession yeah. is very much like vertigo. Mm. You know, it's the sort of this the missing. Well, you the know, missing I don't girl. think any of those movies are on or. I mean, the Hitchcock movies, of course, but I don't think any of the Palmas movies are on our list. This one is a good one, so I, I will give it to him. There you go, Brian. Uh, we know this is a, this is a great movie. I All enjoy right. watching it. You so. can have it. In fact, we think it's perfect in every right. way. So let's oh. think about it. Um, well, we should also mention, and just let me interrupt for one moment, yes, um, do. That, that for those of you who have not seen it out there and are looking for a great movie for like a kid's Halloween party, this is not it. That's not it. <laughs> Even though the film is always like you know you almost what? thirty years old, the the language no. is very raw. Yeah, and that film and that time. opening shower scene, which is very disturbing. But when I was a sixteen-year-old boy in nineteen seventy-seven or seventy-six, this was a great movie. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. This all well, us guys yeah, went from Bethel High School say we got to go see Carrie. Just then, then of course we leave. Well, after I the think first it's five also minutes, so. it's also very interesting and very telling that of the three major female characters in the film, and they're all seen in the shower scene in the opening, the only one you see completely naked is Nancy Allen. Yeah, who is a really, as George has professed, a very underrated actor. She's great in RoboCop. She's just a marvelously controlled performer. She this does a very good job. This film, and, uh, and we really get an introduction to Young. <laughs> That's right. All those golden days. Definitely not a movie yeah. for the this children's This movie's going to sustain the test of time. Nancy Allen will always look young. You know, it doesn't get the mother stamp of approval to no. watch with the children, but it does. Mothers may watch it. Mothers may gather in groups with uh, with fathers. It does not prevent you from enjoying it because I have to say, I mean, I I, I definitely I was properly dutifully scared, but we'll uh, that was that. after the children were asleep. Right. <laughs> We've been talking about Carrie on ninety one three WYSO filmically perfect. A little show we do here on. Fridays and uh, hey thank you for being a part of what we do and listening in do check out our archives all online there thanks to the wizardry of George Williman at perfectmovie.net hey there's a lot waiting for you when you connect with us and I hope you do that well George Williman thank you for being here on the phone thank you it's my pleasure and uh, J. Todd Anderson always a pleasure thanks for uh, just being here always my pleasure Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.